You're listening to the RSA Conference podcast, where the world talks security. Hello, listeners, and thank you for tuning in. We have a great podcast lined up for you today discussing an interesting angle of artificial intelligence, specifically looking at the cybersecurity and privacy impact of AI-enabled technologies. With my guest, Ann Townsend, Department Manager and Cybersecurity Engineer at the MITRE Corporation. Here at RSAC, we host podcasts twice a month, and I encourage you to subscribe, rate, and review us on your preferred podcast app so that you can be notified when new tracks are posted. And now, it is my pleasure to ask Anne to take a moment to introduce herself so that we can dive into today's topic. Anne? Hi. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, as you said, I'm Anne Townsend. I am a Department Manager and Cybersecurity Engineer at the National Cybersecurity FFRDC, which is a part of the MITRE Corporation. I'm excited to talk to you today about some of the available technologies and frameworks that are out there to really help people understand um, AI-enabled technologies. And we are super excited to have you. And Anne, I'm so curious to know the degree to which you and your team at the MITRE Corporation are looking at artificial intelligence And even more to that, what prompted you to explore AI-enabled technologies more deeply? Yeah, so I believe when some people hear the term artificial intelligence, to them it sounds exciting, fantastical, even futuristic. Um, It includes things like robots that perform human functions, self-driving cars that have become our personal chauffeurs, or advanced technology that really changes the whole way the world works. But the truth is, it isn't that exotic or futuristic anymore. And just taking a walk through my house and look where AI might be in my very own home, I notice it the second I step into my living room. I can turn on my TV through a voice-enabled remote control and from my streaming service have movies recommended to me. If I do not like the recommendations, I can ask the voice-enabled assistant in the room to suggest another. When I sit down in my house and I'm comfortable on my couch, if I've decided the temperature of my house is uncomfortable, I don't have to get back up again. I could just pull out my phone and adjust the thermostat. And while I'm at it, I could have the robot vacuum cleaner begin to clean the house. When I step outside of my home, it's even more pervasive. I walk past homes with camera-enabled doorbells, and I traverse through streets that have AI managing traffic at intersections, controlling streetlights more efficiently, and on and on. All these little pieces of technology I mentioned are, in reality, AI-enabled. What prompted us to explore this domain Bit by bit, device by device, AI is becoming more present around all of us, and it's contributing to growing new concepts like smart cities. With this evolution occurring around us, it's important for everyone to really understand what types of impact AI and its contributions to technology will have on our lives. At the MITRE Corporation, we are looking at ways to establish justified confidence in AI systems, especially those in high-consequence applications. It's so interesting listening to you, especially, you know, thinking about the TV and the remote control. I remember, you know, when I was a kid, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and I remember that transition from having to get up and go and turn the channel to then, like, the little slider to pick your channel, and then we got a remote control, right? And we called it the remote. And my kids now call the TV remote the talker (laughs) because you just talk right (laughs) into it. 
So for those who realize that AI is a part of one of their technologies, or perhaps they decide to put AI in their own products or devices, what are the things that they should be thinking about, right? And, and you know, especially in this home environment that we're talking about, too, you know, like the ways that that remote then interacts with our lives and things like that. Well, there are three questions to really ask yourself if you're going to go the AI route and put AI into a technology. The first question is, is this the right place for AI? Is it really adding any value to the technology? The second question is, is the AI going to do a good job with demonstrated success that really aligns with and adapts to your needs? The third question is, is adding AI to the picture worth the effort? It's not cheap, and it's not without dangers. We can sum up these questions with three areas to consider. Relevance of AI, competence of AI for the task, and cost of using AI in the task. At the MITRE Corporation, we formalize these questions and what would be optimal answers in a framework we called ARCS, A-R-C-C-S, for AI relevance, competence, and cost score. These aren't always easy questions to answer, though, which is why the ARCS framework provides a lot of guidance on how to answer the questions, worst-case to best-case answers, and how to score your answers. Also, there's a way to express the quantity and quality of information you use to answer those questions. This results in a set of scores that tell you the value of the AI tool. You can look at the numbers as absolute but even better, use them to compare among the AI-enabled tools you're considering. But it's not just about numbers. The greatest value of the tool is the questions you know to ask and the answers you should be looking for. Ultimately, the framework is an evaluation methodology and metrics to address the degree and effectiveness of the AI component of the AI-enabled technology. The framework guides the assessor to organize the available evidence, evaluate its strengths, and determine whether a product performs as advertised in a technically relevant manner. I love that. So could you walk us through part of this ARC framework, just to give our listeners an example? Yeah, sure. Let's start with the cost and vulnerability aspect and recognize not only that it leads us to a score, but it gives us other considerations one should really understand when adopting technology that is AI-enabled. Let's take, for example, a piece of technology that is AI-enabled and the technology involves people. Either it visually recognizes them, it diagnoses the medical condition, Maybe it makes like a credit worthiness decision or it even sentence of judgment. These types of technologies will be working with data that contains information about people. Maybe it includes their names, identifiable information, medical information, and so on. When we use ARCs on this type of technology and consider it with cost and vulnerabilities, we analyze unaddressed or unmitigated vulnerabilities. We know that AI can be misused and we can, it can make mistakes. When you include AI in a system, particularly a machine learning model, you have to be aware of how that model could be fooled or misused, either accidentally or deliberately. Anytime a malicious user can trick the AI model into an incorrect decision or classification, there's an opportunity for ill-intended outcomes. 
In this case, it could result in a violation of privacy or the release of false information, which may lead to a false conclusion. Recent research has shown that personally identifiable information, including names, emails, and conversations, can be extracted from some common language models, which were trained on public data sets straight from the Internet. In other cases, the models may be fooled into revealing data by mistakenly accepting false biometric credentials before revealing sensitive information. Using ARCs and evaluating this type of AI-enabled technology with the information available about the AI-enabled technology leads one to question and investigate if the tool has been developed in a way that it identifies unaddressed or unmitigated vulnerabilities so that it can be addressed before they become a problem. The assessor would be able to assign a score that could range from a really poor result, meaning that this consideration was never even evaluated, to a really good result where it informs on how exactly this vulnerability is addressed and mitigated. So undoubtedly, AI has raised some privacy concerns, and you even touch upon that in your previous comments. Can you talk a little bit to our listeners about AI and its potential privacy implications? As we all know, cyber attacks can reveal private information in a database. However, not every privacy issue is caused by a cybersecurity issue. Smart devices, to include those that are AI-enabled, have a deeper reach into our lives than is immediately evident, and data collected from them can paint a robust picture of a person's life. It could even create information that is used in ways that really surprise them. Let's go back and walk through our lives and where we saw AI and how it's helping to enable smart cities. As I mentioned, cameras are everywhere now, and surveillance is a byproduct of cameras on the street and cameras everywhere. They can tell you when someone is in a crosswalk, but ML models could also do facial recognition and tracking of those people. Some of the challenges we see stem from how privacy risk assessments tend to be conducted. Often they are conducted as a compliance assessment based on laws and regulations and conducted on a single system. As we continue to see, privacy laws and regulations don't always do a particularly good job of keeping up with technological innovations. And they tend to be focused on general privacy principles that, while critically important in their own right, tend to focus on organizational behaviors without much regard to how individuals experience the privacy risk. That, compounded with an assessment of a single system, or maybe just a subset of systems, and not a whole of your smart city's view, means our risk assessments could be flawed. That's a bit of shaky foundation to start with. By taking a whole city view, you're able to build a better picture of the data that is captured and what's happening with it throughout your smart city ecosystem. That includes understanding what kinds of processing is being done through AI and how AI results are used. A whole city risk assessment will help you avoid surprises and better engineer your smart city solutions to address privacy risk before it becomes a major issue. This would help avoid issues with some cities who did try deploying smart city technologies yet ended up being faced with a lack of transparency and concern over things like smart street lights. To give a little background here, um, some cities have installed traffic lights equipped with cameras that collected data in real time for cost-saving purposes. 
may also use the video in very limited circumstances like violent crimes. But the public was concerned due to the lack of transparency. A strong risk assessment would have helped them better understand whether and how their citizens may have gotten concerned so that the city could have built in stronger protections and transparency practices from the very beginning. This isn't an AI issue per se, but it does demonstrate what happens when privacy aspects, especially transparency, are not addressed. AI tends to be viewed as somewhat of a black box for the general population, and this lack of transparency and understanding leads to real and perceived privacy issues. From an AI and smart city perspective, I think about how complete a picture we can paint of a person's life, where and how they drive, where they work, where they live, where they eat, where they get health care, who they spend time with, which transportation services they use, and when. Applying AI to this information will continue to result in making assumptions about these individuals and influencing how organizations interact with them, sometimes for the better, safety and convenience, but maybe sometimes not, such as things like surveillance and loss of autonomy. I love what you said about the real and perceived privacy issues, and I want to take that you know, singular issue of privacy and really sort of broaden the lens to talk about risk in general, not just privacy risks. So in what ways can the ARCS framework be used to help understand risks? Yeah, so let's continue with the smart cities as an example. The wide range of smart city technologies offer many types of benefits for government, businesses, and individuals, ranging from operational efficiency to safety. And providing these capabilities, we're setting up an infrastructure that collects and generates new information about the people that interact with those technologies. These things can affect individuals' decisions regarding how and where they travel. They create issues around autonomy and power balances. These potential privacy issues do not mean that smart city technologies are bad or even that we shouldn't use them. However, it does mean that we need to evaluate and address these privacy risks before they become real issues for people. Also, as a part of this, smart cities will have various levels of AI scattered all around. Smart devices need to be evaluated to see what vulnerabilities they have or introduce into the system, as well as what type of privacy risks do they really introduce. So a moment ago, I mentioned we have to think of the entire view of the smart cities, and ARCs would help to understand the pieces that go into that entire view. As an example, ARCs can help with the assessment of the technology that is the part of the smart city. And a few examples would be ARCs checks if the AI usage is necessary or gratuitous. Unnecessary use of AI introduces unnecessary vulnerabilities. In the competence dimension, ARCs is concerned with AI's alignment with the job needs, as well as its capability to detect model drift, among other things. If AI usage and a tool doesn't score well in these categories, the tool may provide unneeded or unintended capabilities, or it may allow undetected, inaccurate conclusions about individuals in a database. Another part of assessing is competence, and it's really understanding how much transparency and explainability an AI-enabled tool provides about its conclusions. As I mentioned, transparency helps individuals understand whether and how data about them is used and provides ways to evaluate whether the AI model is behaving fairly and ethically. 
Along those same lines, understanding how the model was created as well as the data used to develop, train, and test the system leads to a greater understanding of the privacy posture of that system. So, <laughs> there's a framework for that was one of the trends that we saw come through when we were looking at our submissions for the RSA Conference 2022. Uh, there is clearly an abundance of frameworks, right? There are lots of frameworks out there with good reason. And we know that no single framework can address all the risks one should be considering when using AI-enabled technology or even developing a smart city. But what can the ARCS framework help people with? ARCS itself will help people with understanding the relevance of AI, the competence of AI to the task it's providing for the smart city, as well as the real cost of using AI. But it, what I'd like to also point out is that ARCS is not the only framework that can help people with AI-enabled technology or when developing a smart city. But it's a great example of the role and value of frameworks in general for addressing risk. Frameworks provide a consistent way to examine and implement concepts. When you pair frameworks, you can identify areas that intersect. For example, we've started looking at the touch point between MITRE's AI maturity model, which is a tool to assess and guide effective readiness, adoption, and use of AI or ML across an organization, and the NIST Privacy Framework, which NIST developed to help organizations identify and manage privacy risks so that they can build innovative products and services while protecting individuals' privacy. Each of these tools covers a specific domain. By looking at how they align, practitioners can see things like where AI activities can be strengthened by addressing privacy risk up front, or where governance activities, such as defining policies or roles and responsibilities, benefit from considering privacy needs. For the AI maturity model, we found that all of the capabilities from each of the pillars in the model directly maps to at least one subcategory in the privacy framework core, with most areas having multiple direct mappings as well as additional subcategories with general alignment. When you apply these in smart cities context, these tools can help you think about where privacy risk may arise and the data that is collected and analyzed and how that could impact individuals. So with all these different frameworks, where should practitioners start when evaluating whether and how an AI activity has privacy considerations? From a basic compliance perspective, privacy requirements can vary widely by industry and geography. Like many areas, such as cybersecurity, compliancy regimes have an important role, but they're typically a minimum starting point. To more fully examine privacy risks, start by considering the context and the objective or your planned use of AI. What's the big picture and objective of what you're trying to accomplish? From there, start looking at data flows and how the data is changing as it moves through the model. Also keep in mind that individuals can directly and tangibly suffer from privacy risks. Remember to put yourself in their shoes and not just think about the benefits of AI to your organization. And lastly, take advantage of the growing body of tools and lessons learned that are publicly available. You don't have to start from scratch. This is where tools like the NIST Privacy Framework and the NIST Cybersecurity Framework can help. Both frameworks provide a menu of privacy and cybersecurity activities and outcomes that can help organizations manage risk 
and to define profiles to align the activities and outcomes to mission and business needs. We have found that these framework profiles are powerful tools for bringing organization and industries together to understand how cybersecurity and privacy can help them achieve their objectives, how to prioritize their limited resources, and how to build trust with the stakeholders. That's also what's so great about ARC. It gives you a set of concepts and questions to get you started on your evaluation, starting with the decision to use AI, understanding what kind of metrics you need to consider in evaluating its performance, and ending up with an analysis of risks you may be introducing into your project or your environment. From there, you can leverage other tools like the NIST Cybersecurity Framework, the NIST Privacy Framework, to really dig deeper into specifics and get a fuller picture of the role, benefits, and hazards of using AI to smarten up your city. That's all great advice, and you have mentioned several different resources. Is there anywhere where our listeners can go to find more information? Absolutely. So I would start off with ARCS, A-R-C-C-S, .org. This is where you can find all the information about the framework for evaluation methodology and metrics to assess the degree and effectiveness of the AI component of an AI-enabled tool. I would recommend NIST for their AI work. They have exciting projects that look to advance standards in AI as well as to cultivate trust in AI technologies. The NIST Privacy Framework, quoting from this, the Privacy Framework is intended to be widely used by organizations of all sizes and agnostic to any particular technology, sector, law, or jurisdiction. Using a common approach adaptable to any organization's role in data processing ecosystem, the Privacy Framework purposes to help organizations manage privacy risk. I would also recommend um, in this They've put together a NIST Privacy Engineering Resource, which, quoting again, aims to explore crosswalks, common profiles, guidance, and tools to support implementation. And also, MITRE has put together privacy resources that MITRE Privacy Program emphasizes strategy and policy, as well as privacy engineering, and spans all aspects of the privacy program. That can be found on MITRE's website at MITRE.org slash privacy as well as there are frameworks from MITRE for developing and implementing data-driven, actionable, equitable policy. And this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. To find products and solutions related to artificial intelligence and machine learning, we invite you to visit rsiconference.com forward slash marketplace. Here you'll find an entire ecosystem of cybersecurity vendors and service providers who can assist with your specific needs. Please keep the conversation going on your social channels using the hashtag RSAC, and be sure to visit rsaconference.com for new content posted year-round. Thank you all for joining us. Be well.